You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Thanks for listening again. Coming to you from Cheltenham, where it is a cloudless sky, bright blue azure scene over Presbury Park as we speak. Yesterday feels like a distant memory. I flicked through the pages of the Racing Post this morning just to check that it wasn't a dream, rather hoping that in some respects it had been a dream. Lee Motter said the senior writer for that paper is alongside me. Um, Lee, I don't really want to start on a negative, but for quite a lot of people, yesterday was a complete nightmare. Tiger Roll, Paul Nichols, John Pullen, a day that... <laughs> <laughs> a day they'll all want to forget. Yeah, I've got to say as well, I think my coat has suffered. I, I am here without coat, but with a thick jacket because I tried to put it on this morning and it's still damp on the inside. So you're right, it wasn't a dream. It actually happened. My outer garments are complete proof of that. But as you say, you look at here now and you would not believe you're on the same race course. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's meant to stay gorgeous tomorrow as well. Sadly, we can't forget about yesterday because there was some fascinating racing. Mm. And for those of us, like, like myself and yourself, who, who tell stories, there are a lot of really good stories to tell yesterday. Well, one might have been one or two tall tales as well. But let's start with the, with the ground because it, it did get pretty revolting by the end of the day to the point where they had to bypass where hurdles were in the bumper because the holes were filling up so quickly with rain. I think 20-odd mils of rain, which was way more than even the most extreme end of the forecast. Um, could John Pullen and his team done, have done anything differently? They got a lot of criticism for the water they put on the night before. Nick, I, I don't think that they did do anything wrong and I would be quick to criticise them if I thought they did. But I think if you rewind back the clock to Tuesday, Constitution Hill knocked chunks off the course record in the Supreme Novices Hurdle. At the end of the day, jockeys were adamant that watering needed to take place. Robbie Power, a veteran of the weighing room, you wouldn't mind me saying that, reported that the ground was quicker here on Tuesday than he has ever known it at Cheltenham. There was a consensus that something had to be done and I think they did have to do something. The forecast did suggest that rain would come but the Cheltenham Racecourse uses uses the services of a former television weather forecaster who on this occasion was not able to produce a wholly accurate forecast. His prediction was that two to three mils of rain would fall. Well, as you say... It was almost 10 times that during the afternoon. And I think you, you, you contextualise it against the fact that on Wednesday, yesterday, Channel 5, one of the UK's five terrestrial network broadcasting channels, has a, has a morning programme hosted by a guy called Jeremy Vine, a very respected, established broadcaster. And he asked the question, following the fatality that we had here on Tuesday, should horse racing be banned? I think when you, rec- when you see that and you see that jockeys were saying on Tuesday this ground was as quick as they'd known it here at the festival, it would have been a very, very foolhardy move, I think, from John Pullen not to put a little bit down. He only did put a little bit down as well. And when you see how much rain fell during racing yesterday, the bit he put down would have made absolutely no difference whatsoever to what we had in the end. It bucketed down 
all through the day. Those five mils that weren't applied to the whole course, but just to sections, almost to maintain it uh, as, one, go as one, one going description all the way around, they would have made no great difference. Uh, John Pullen, I think, had a nightmare yesterday, but I don't think it was a nightmare of his own doing. Mm -hmm. He was just desperate and lucky. I think he had the support of the weighing room in what he did. I think he did the right thing as well. And at the very least, Nick, it means he hasn't got to worry about watering for Thursday and Friday. That's for sure. Let's talk about uh, some of the equine stories yesterday. We've got to start, I think, with, with Tiger Roll and his defeat at the hands of his own stable companion, Delta Work, in the cross-country chase. Never did I think I'd want to lead with the cross-country chase at Cheltenham. It almost pains me to do it as a purist for this event, Lee. But this is more than a horse. He's an icon. He's in part of racing folklore. You know, no superlative is too great for him. Was there something peak Michael O'Leary? about taking him down with friendly fire. Yes, I think there absolutely was. It almost put a seal, a perfect seal, an imperfect seal, to the, the, the Tiger Roll story. Nick, you, you've experienced booing on a race course quite recently, having been at the, the Breeders' Cup, so you're well used to it now. But those of us who weren't uh, in the States uh, last fall aren't used to it, and I thought it was astonishing. I have to say... Throughout the final half of the race, it looked to me, and probably looked to most people, as though Tiger Roll was almost sure to it. He was cruising under, under Davy Russell, but then as you approached the final flight, uh, it was obvious that Delta Work was a major danger. It still looked as though Tiger Roll was going to hold on until about 25, 30, 40 metres from the line, at which point Jack Kennedy, wearing the same silks as Davy Russell, riding for the same trainer and the same owner, overhauled him. And as he did... And as he went past the race course, the boos rang out. And th it wasn't one or two people booing. It was a huge swathe of the, the people in the grandstand where we're standing now. And then those boos continued as Delta Work came back down the chute. So much so that Davy Russell on Tiger Oil had to go and join him almost to try and, try and silence the crowd. And that happened then as well as, he, as they went into the winner's enclosure. There are, there's, I think, a, 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 certainly a genuine argument to say that Michael O'Leary has pooped on his own party. Um, I think there's, there's no doubt he's pooped on his own party. I was out on the middle of the track on, on Sunday morning when Delta Work was ridden by former Grand National winning jockey Jason Maguire, and he was having a school over one of the fences, the Barrels fence. And I was speaking to Gordon Elliott after that, and he was saying, looks grand... This is the horse that we hope will one day take over Tiger Roll's crown. Now, he wasn't expect he genuinely wasn't expecting that to happen on Wednesday afternoon. The dream scenario was he got a bit of experience around the track today, and then he won yeah. the race next year. So he was year. the five to two well-back favourite. He was, yeah. and of course, yeah. again, the, the rain <laughs> came in to scupper Tiger Roll as well. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, it, it was desperately sad. I was almost surprised that Michael O'Leary didn't blame Martin Greenwood yep. uh, for the rain that poured down. Uh, I mean, it, it has been a ridiculous story for years now, in many ways, the Tiger Roll story. Um, he's a wonderful horse. We shouldn't really have spent years talking about Grand National furories with handicappers. It, it's, been a, it's been a sad sideshow, really. But what happened yesterday was, was unfortunate. So I, I think he's pooped on his, on his own party, but we'll always remember Tiger Roll as a legend. And he did give us, in defeat, one of the defining moments of this or any recent festival. Shishkin's eclipse yesterday was really depressing, I thought. He was not going a yard from the minute the tapes went up, the odds-on favourite in the Queen Mother Champion chase. The ground was blamed, but could it really have been blamed you know, wholly, Lee? 
Well, it's a very, very good question, that. Um, so as we spoke to Nicky Henderson in that area of the Cheltenham paddock that's reserved for those poor horses that don't make the first four. Excuses corner. Excuses corner. The excuse, there was only one excuse. He said it was the ground, it was purely the ground, nothing but the ground. Against that, as you say, he wasn't going from the almost the first moment he entered a gallop. You could see him from the first fence being pushed along as he came past us here, past the grandstand, heading out down the back straight. He was being niggled along by Nico de Bonville. It was blatantly obvious that this was more than one of Shiskin's trademark flat spots. Um, and it was deeply disappointing. I suppose they will blame the ground for now. And maybe it was the ground. But until we see Shishkin back on a race course, hopefully at Aintree and hopefully going back to his old form in the Melling Chase, there will be that nagging doubt that perhaps there was more to it than that. Uh, so what of Enegumen's performance? A, a worthy champion for sure? He's a very, very good horse. We, 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 we knew from the figures that he had posted going into the Clarence House chase. We knew from how close he got to Shishkin in the Clarence House chase that he was a very good horse and he was a, a, a completely legitimate challenger to Shishkin yesterday. Now, as it turned out, he didn't need to produce the sort of form he had at Ascot to win this race. But I still thought it was uh, really interesting how they they applied themselves to trying to find a way to beat Shishkin by, by holding up the horse, by dropping out. I don't think any of us had, thought, well, I certainly hadn't foreseen that. Um, I thought maybe it would be quite clever to try and ride a waiting race from the, from the front on the horse, but then Shaka and Passau was always going to kibosh that one. I thought it was a really clever ride by Paul Townend. He's, a, he's a, an exceptionally good two-miler. It's a shame that his performance is, again, slightly overshadowed by what well, is overshadowed by what happened to Shishkin, but it, but it, it was a super effort, and it's great to see Willie Mullins, now a champion chase winning trainer. Yeah, absolutely. Shishkin, a, a rare low spot on an otherwise excellent week so far for Nicky Henderson, and he'll be hoping this ground dries out as fast as it possibly can for Chantry House in tomorrow's Gold Cup. Well, it may have been deep into the afternoon yesterday, but the prize for the heartiest celebration definitely went to Ben Pauling, who was scoring his third Cheltenham Festival success courtesy of Global Citizen, following on for victories from Willoughby Court. And in similar conditions a few years ago, Le Broy, um, he turned the air blue on racing TV afterwards. I wonder how he's feeling this morning. How are you getting on? Yeah, good. Thanks, Nick. Thank you very much. It was um, not feeling my uh, head's, head's fine. Voice isn't great, but we're, we'll be fine. Yeah, it was a, a wonderful performance from a horse that has always been talented, but you'd have been forgiven for thinking his best days were behind him. Did you go into the race yesterday with a lot of confidence? I went into the race knowing I couldn't have him any better. Um, and I went into the race knowing that his previous two runs in grade two enlisted company were probably a little bit better than his handicap probably was, you know. So I thought we had a few pounds in hand, but I wasn't certain that he was going to roll back the years quite like he did, no. And there were a few kind of certifiably nutty front runners in the race. I must say, I know he's a horse that likes to be ridden prominently, but I wasn't expecting you to to get the better of all of them for the early for the early pace. Did you did you think he'd be in front over the first? I hoped. I hoped. I said to Keelan this that just to go forward, and if they go faster than he can go, then he's going to settle. You know, but that's important with him. He, he must settle. But he, I don't know the return to fences. I hoped it might spark something, and he just. He does seem a more uh, composed horse over a fence than he is over a hurdle, really. So, um, you know, the, the way that Keelan got to the front and then sort of controlled the race was great. And not much was coming off the pace yesterday on that ground. So it was, 
it was good to see him up in the van ready. And it hasn't all been completely smooth sailing over the last two or three years, but you've had a good season this season as you prepare to, to fully move into your new base. Just try and explain how important having another festival winner was for you yesterday. It's, um, it's huge, really. Um, you know, as you've just alluded to, we, you know, we just had the most fun, fabulous start you could ever wish for um, as a trainer with the first five years being pretty pretty smooth and some fabulous horses and one by one they sort of went by the wayside with injury and whatever and it was they'd be hard to replace and global did a great job there a few years ago he he is with as with all the others they suffered from a nasty virus there a couple of years ago and to get another winner back at the festival is is huge and it's what we all aim to do and and you know it's, it's great to be back there with you know a horse that we've had for a long time and um, I just you can't really actually put it into words I don't think how much these these big wins mean but it's it's just brilliant uh, Ben congratulations um, great to hear from you I know the voice isn't in great shape but you can forgive him for, um, for giving him a good roar uh, we'll, we'll see you again later might you have another winner at this year's festival uh, we small but select team yeah the three horses that go there I, I firmly believe are absolutely bang ready to be there um if I, I think the club will run well today but you know the ground's come for him and i hope it jolly well dries out fast for quince de mar because I, I think he's going to be chance in the martin pipe but he wouldn't want he wouldn't want soft heavy ground that it's being given at the moment okay so you the ground might have just played perfectly for you because i think it will be soft enough for the cob today yeah, no, I think we've 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 hit jackpot with him. Um, he's in particularly good form. He's run well this season, and I don't know. There might be something in him today. I think, but I don't. You know, winning it would be a dream. But I think he's certainly be a decent each way price. Well, let's talk to the man who's uh, lucky enough to own Lompresse. He's a, a friend of the show. We spoke to him earlier in the season when Lompresse was. Well, I mean, before he was before he was properly famous. He's he's properly famous now. He's going to win the Gold Cup next year, isn't he, Andy Edwards? I do hope so. And that's the plan. And if that wonderful woman, namely Venetia Williams, manages to get him there, I'm sure he's got a fantastic chance. Go on, take me back to when you first met Venetia Williams and when you first thought she was the business. Well, I've always followed Venetia Williams' horses for years and years, but I've never actually met her until I took this horse to her. Um, I came over from France with him and um, I turned up with the lorry and took him off. And I said, there you go. I said, this is a proper horse, take your time. And she just looked at me and went, yeah, 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 another bloke buys his own horse. He's out the field in France telling me uh, he's got a proper horse. But, uh, yeah, so we went on from there. And yeah, this horse, Andy, he was a he was a, a little bit of a shell when you got him, wasn't he? You said you, you told me you loved a project. He, he wasn't exactly a ready-made uh, Cheltenham Festival winner. No, not at all. Um, he's big, rangy, gangly thing. Um, he's a bit ribby. He's just all over the place. He, he, mechanically, um, he was a bit of a boy and jumping about. In fact, yesterday morning, I watched the video of when I turned up in the Normandy yard and picked him up, uh, which was quite interesting to see the difference yesterday. Um, and I was amazed how that even got him on the race course, to be honest, at four years old at Fontainebleau. So when I saw him like that, and having having seen the video of the, uh, the Fontainebleau race, I thought, well, if he can do that 
when he's in this state, when he grows up, he's going to be really good. Have you ever had a better day than yesterday? No. <laughs> you can't, can you? I mean, that's my first festival runner. Um, the first time I'd had a runner at Cheltenham was the Dipper. Uh, it's, it's, it's just been amazing. Absolutely incredible season for Venetia and uh, for me and DFA Racing. And just tell me now what you're going to do. Are you going to draw stumps for the year? Are you going to have another crack? Are you what, what? What are you thinking in your own mind? Well, before the race, uh, um, the other part owner, uh, Peter and Patricia Pink, you know, they said, what would we do? And I said, look, let's not be greedy. You know, he's been on the go since uh, July um, in training. So... I said, let's not be greedy. Let's just look after him. He's, he's deserved a, a nice break now. You know, obviously, I'll have a chat with Venetia, but that's what I said before the race, and those would be my general feelings. You know, never be too greedy. Too many times people press the button just once more, and it can, can send a horse over the top. And he's a novice still, so, you know. But we'll see how he comes out of it. I'll chat with Venetia, but... My initial thoughts are I'll give him a break. Well, I'm very pleased to say that here in the Fitzdares Club, the wine tipster is back. Neil Phillips buoyed by what was an extraordinary day for him yesterday. There was only one person I saw smiling halfway through the afternoon when the rain was pelting down and Shishkin had been pulled up at halfway in the champion chase. Uh, Neil Phillips, Funambul Civila ran an amazing race for you. Oh, Nick, we were all smiling. It was absolutely incredible. I was running into the winner's enclosure there thinking, there's our boy coming in second in a champion chase. Absolutely brilliant. And I, we were worried beforehand, obviously with all the rain, because all his performance, a lot of good performance have been on good, good to soft. So I thought that whole chance had gone. Yeah. And it was amazing. He pulled pretty hard early on. And eventually he just, he, as he's done in lots of his other two-mile races, gets himself near the front, you know. That's what was happening. There must have been big celebrations around Venetia yesterday as well. She'd won, of course, with Long Presse, and then Ferro Bambu ran a very amazing race, yes. really, to finish placed in the Grand Annual. So all in all, a very good day's work. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant, and it was great. And, and you know, Long Presse really fancied him, not just because of Venetia. He's just a relentless, he's so brilliant in his fences, isn't he? He works it all out, and he didn't look that troubled, did he, really? Yeah. And it was a great success, and... Coupled with, you know, the seeing great working with Venetia and another great day for the yard. And Charlie again. Let's give a shout out for Charlie Deutsch because he's riding so well, isn't he? Yeah, next year's Gold Cup winner, I think, Lon Presse. Yeah. Um, what are we going to toast uh, Funambul, Civila and, and the Venetia team with today? Well, we're going to toast the Venetia team and my racing manager friends with a fantastic Hanlon Hill Riesling from Australia 2015, Nick. Going to give you a bit of a treat this morning. Wonderful wine, uh, cool climate, Riesling, this great variety we don't talk about enough and talk about a lot from Germany, but actually from Australia where it can be really wonderful and refreshing. And we have the Accolade wine stand here in the orchard with all a lot of lovely mm. wines from Australia. Mm. I mean, white wine at 8.37 a.m. <laughs> it's, it's, um, well, it's Cheltenham week, sod it. Um, yes, yeah, very nice. Very nice. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be normally my kind of thing. I'm more of a, you know, white burgundy man. But I know you are, but I just thought, hey, come on, we'll push it out a bit at 8.37, whatever the time is. But it's super refreshing. And actually, if you do go and visit them, they've got some wonderful reds from people like St. Hallett, for example. Great Aussie producers. So, and a really, really good hardest reasoning in there as well. Uh, on a day like yesterday, does that make life more difficult for hospitality? Or is it, is it better because people pour inside and, and want to get stuck in more? 
Oh, it was a difficult day because you've got everybody going in the bars. And in actual fact, you've got lots of people going in the bars, understandably, with 21 mils of rain yesterday going, I just need to take cover for a bit. Yeah. And it's difficult for the staff. So it was a challenging day. Overall, though, it's been, a, it's been great with hospitality back in action. You know, we've got th- nearly 3,000 people working each day, 250 chefs. And we've had a great response to all the restaurants. New restaurant here with the 480 restaurants. So that's all the locally sourced products coming within 480 furlongs of the race course great new concept so that's doing really well so it'll be a lot better today because you need people you know with st patrick's day we need people in the guinness village you know actually there weren't that many yesterday were they really it's going to be nuts today i think it's going to be i mean bright blue sky crisp morning yeah i got here about quarter to seven took a picture and i thought look at that here we are it's going to be some day Neil Phillips there, part owner of yesterday's champion chase runner Funambul Sivala, better known as the wine tips. Lee Moss is still with me. Uh, Lee, what's going to happen today? Do we expect more of the same from last year? Um, is Alaho simply going to barnstorm through the Ryanair chase again? And is Flooring Porter going to do something similar in the Stayers Hurdle? Well, I think the first question, Nick, can be given a rather more definitive answer. Can anything stop Alaho? Well, I think the only thing that can stop Alaho is Alaho. If he gets the fence wrong, if something, if something occurs during the race, it's really hard to see him being beaten because what he did last year here on this day was so overwhelmingly impressive um, that you, if he ran to that level or anything close to that level, he wins. And he's backed that up into good performances already this season. So I think he should definitely win. I think the Stayers hurdle is uh, an enormously uh, complex, fascinating puzzle. As I was coming out here, Nick, I was looking at uh, an odds comparison website and they were betting four to one the field in a 10-runner race with four horses, potentially five horses, vying for favouritism. Um, and that, that tells you what sort of race it is. Florian Porter happens to be the one I, I do fancy. Um, I think he probably didn't get the, the credit he deserved for his win last season. If you look back at it, he's still on the bridle, turning for home. Uh, he was given a beautiful ride by Danny Mullins, but the horse was, was as good as the jockey on the day. Um, I thought his, his effort at Leopardstown last time behind, behind Classical Dream was encouraging at a time when the trainer wasn't in great form. So I think he is the most likely winner. But you look down the list of potential threats, horses like Classical Dream, like Champ, uh, like Royal Kahala, like Paisley Park, and the others I've not mentioned. It, it, it's, a, it's not a vintage sayers hurdle by any means, but, it, but it's a good race. If we are to have a, a public moment to get after that one, it probably would come and give Paisley Park one. He's, he's, there's no doubt he, I think he's the most popular horse uh, in the field. I was speaking to Emma Lavelle yesterday, who was keen to stress that he's not a bad lad, he's just a very naughty boy. Um, <laughs> and for that reason, you can't be sure he'll, he'll set up when the rest do because he just likes to play around a little bit and show who's boss. But he'd be a popular winner. Uh, Time Hill, Nick. I didn't mention Time Hill as well for Tom O'Brien, who had his second child only yeah. on Friday. So loads of good stories going into this Stairs Hurdle. If I had to pick one, it would be Florian Porter, but with minimal confidence. Yeah, plenty of good stories potentially today, but uh, good stories not going to line your pocket necessarily. Sam Hocknell is uh, in the trading room at Fitzstairs, a broadcasting for the Fitzstairs Club this morning here at Cheltenham. Uh, Sam, I guess you got a bit back yesterday. What's what's happening today? Have punters had to sort of take a well, quite literally a, a rain check because of the soggy ground? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was looking like a day for us yesterday. The handicaps came our way, but um, we did actually get a bit of a sting in the tail when we came to the, to the last. We laid the uh, Willie's bumble horse for six figures before it even uh, touched the race course. So that really did come back to sting Ooh. us. Ouch. Yeah. 
wow before he'd even had a run al yeah um so so facil vega wasn't a great end to the day for you what about trying to to recoup today what's the sort of mood like amongst amongst the clients today you know not really knowing how to play yeah it seems a bit trappy um especially the first sort of a pick and between the two it looks like that one's going to go. We think Galapan's going to be the bogey for us in that race, so we're looking to try and get him beat. The, the Ryan has lost a bit of shine with the seven runners now, um, but the rest of the races look really competitive, so we'll be hoping for a result across the, most of the card, I think. Okay, so Galapan's being back. You want Bob Ollinger to win. Um, what about the rest of the card? Um, which horses are of interest? Uh, Adramel, we saw money for last night, and that's continued all morning. I think we might be getting close to to single figures for that one in, in the plate. Um, so, so he'll be one. We think, we think he might be a good result, but we've seen loads of money for him. So it would sort of depend what happens when we get closer to the race there. He's a bit of a money horse. Okay, that's Adramel for Tom Lacey in the 410, the plate. Lacey had a couple of horses run really well the first day. Um, anything in the stayers hurdle? I mean, they were betting four to one the field last night. Is it still as open as that? It is, yeah. We've got a big liability on flooring pools, sir. Um, we've got a multiple running for six figures on that from day one. So, so we'll be looking to get that one beat. But hopefully, yeah, it looks very competitive. Still four to one the field. Um, so hopefully, yeah, so, so hopefully Willie can get that beat with Classical Dream again. That'll be a good result for us. All right, Sam, thanks so much. Thanks, Nick. So it's Thursday, time to check in with our resident artist on the podcast this week, Liz Armstrong. Oh, the sun's shining now, Liz. I bet they were taking shelter in the tented village yesterday. They certainly were. Everyone was anticipating Shishkin running up that hill and nothing happened. Yeah, those, those pictures of Shishkin you've done, you'd be knocking those off for about pound fifty now, won't you? I think I will, yes. <laughs> oh, don't say that. That'll be rushing in. <laughs> mm, I'm not sure. I don't think you'll be too troubled. Now, yesterday's picture of the day, you'll remember, was uh, finishing touches. We love that. It's gone, hasn't it? It's gone. It's gone to a very nice gentleman called Mike Williams, and um, he's very pleased with it. And thanks to Nick, <laughs> I think he's listened to uh, Nick Luck's podcast. Well, that, that's excellent. I'm glad this is having the desired effect. Uh, Mike, I think, is, is quite involved in Love Envoy, who runs in the Dawn Run Mayor's Novices Hurdle, and I know he thinks she's got a big chance for uh, the Noel Feely Racing Club and uh, Dave Cross and his team and, and uh, Harry Fry. Now, clearly yesterday, the star of the show, even though he was defeated, was, was Tiger Roll. I mean, extraordinary scenes as he was cheered and dealt to work with half booed back into the winner's enclosure. But you have studied Tiger Roll before, haven't you, Liz? I am very, very fond of Tiger Roll. I've seen him win at Aintree, the Grand National 2018. And also, uh, when I visit Laytown races every year, I always go to Gordon Elliott's the next day and go into the stable and give him a big kiss. Is he an easy horse to study for you? He's very nice because he's tiny. I think he's only about 15-1. And um, he's got a very quirky a character face because he is a character. And so do you find him quite straightforward to, to paint? Yes, I feel like I could ride him, actually, because he's just a nice size. Yes, he's got, he's got nice confirmation. He's got a very nice head. And um, he's, you know, he's a charismatic horse. You can just tell when he looks over the stable. Yes, I do enjoy painting him. Now, the, the painting that we've got of Tiger Roll here today, which is our painting of the day, is Grand National 2018. Um, what have you tried to do here? Because I'd, I'd say it's, it's a, a little bit more on the conventional side compared to some of your work. Well, this was actually a commission. Um, one of my top clients who always commissions me um, to do 
very topical horses that he's gambled on and won quite a lot of money. Right. And then he flew me in this instance over to Ireland to get the signatures of Gordon Elliott and Davy Russell, which is not on this limited edition print. It's on the original. But yeah, he gave me an image and then I, I used my imagination and my artistic license and I created, um, I think, a very nice quirky little painting. And you've, you've tried to sort of embody the colour of, of Liverpool, the people's race, as well in the background there. Yes, I've got the uh, bookies there and the colours. Yeah, it's a great, great atmosphere. lot different to Cheltenham, but um, yes, I have. And I'm just looking. I mean, that's our picture of the day. And I'm just looking at a, another work here that's just taken my eye. This is um, A.P. McCoy in the silks of, of J.P. McManus. And it's a, a sequence of... Uh, of horses and images from from Cheltenham's past and I, I love it yes this when AP McCoy retired at Newbury Racecourse I asked him what his seven favorite rides were and he said synchronized make a stand Siva Malta don't push it his Grand National winner Wichita Lyman Mountain Tunes his 4000 winner and Blackjack Ketchum so he very kindly signed the paper and i went away and created a piece of art i think it's absolutely terrific and if it's not hanging in mccoy towers it should be <laughs> i hope it is <laughs> he has got number one <laughs> well number 93 of 100 is still sitting here in liz armstrong stand which you can find just inside the tented village it's stand yes 52 liz and we'll be back again tomorrow well, thanks to Liz and all my guests today. Lee Mottisett is still with me. Lee, you've got a, your, your definitive selection for this afternoon, or perhaps, perhaps tomorrow. I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't mind. Uh, I would give you two tips from today, Nick. Uh, one would be that I hope the Jockey Club look back. I hope I expect the Jockey Club will look back on what happened yesterday mm. and think, is a five-day festival ah, really a good... five-day festival. Well, I think if, the, if we'd had that sort of rain on day one of three on one of the tracks, I mean, if you, if you have a five-day festival, you have to have two days on one track, three mm. days on another. If we're racing again on the old course today... I, I'm not sure John Pullin would be going into it with much confidence. So I think that is one political tip there, political point, Nick. But my tip of the day is what I gave to, to Tom when I was on the pod on Monday. My bet of the meeting was Sia de Burley in the Potemps final. I, I just think he is running in absolutely the right race. He's a dual winner of this contest who finished second in the Stayers Hurdle last season. In the last two years here at the festival, he's run to Racing Post ratings in the mid-160s. Yeah. He runs here off 156, but Rob James, an excellent uh, £7 claiming amateur, brings his mark in effect down to 149. I think he'll outclass these horses. I think it's a really shrewd move by Gordon Elliott and J.P. McManus to run him in the race, and I think and hope Sir de Belay will win the Potemps final. Lee, thanks so much. Have a great St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy the day, everyone. The sun is shining here at Cheltenham. For that, we will be eternally grateful in a set fair for the next couple of days as well. We'll be back to do it all over again tomorrow when it'll be Gold Cup Day. But for the time being, have a great afternoon. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.